blessed life a little bit for you. I'll read it. Um, it doesn't have a title, but uh, it goes like this. Um, so last week, I was reading through the story of Gideon, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, uh, the details at least. Um, I myself remember the basic summary I was given of this story when I was in Sunday school. Something along the lines of Gideon, um, we see Gideon, he's threshing his grain in secret, right? He's hiding from the marauding Midianites, the bad guys, and he's visited by an angel of the Lord while he's doing this, and he's named a mighty man of valor. And of course, this is quite humorous to us, as Gideon certainly does not act that part. Um, he proceeds to cower, and he questions. Um, he doubts the commands he's, he's given and asks God's for, for proofs, not once, not twice, but three separate times he questions God. But nonetheless, God's spirit falls upon him at the right moment, just when he needs it. And he's able to miraculously rout the Midianite army um, without hardly lifting his sword. Um, of course, as children, we really connect with this story, I think. And for good reason. Um, finding courage, growing bold, and being empowered through the efforts of a patient and protective God. Knowing that even if you don't feel it, God sees you as that finished work. However, as I was rereading this story this week, uh, I was somewhat taken aback a little bit. I had not closely read Judges before, I guess, and was surprised to find that Gideon's story doesn't quite end after that battle, unfortunately, perhaps. Um, Gideon, after freeing Israel, instead of maintaining his role as the representative voice of God to his people, he returns to his home and sets himself up with a private, private religious adornments um, that were meant to be reserved for the tabernacle. Um, which in the text seems to act as some kind of idol, uh, and it brings ruin upon his household. Um, he collects concubines as though to rival Solomon, <laughs> uh, and, and in turn fathers a large number of children, about 70, who in their turn end up killing each other and terrorizing the land, um, fighting over rights of succession even though Gideon wasn't really even a king, and end up burning their own cities for the sake of their own petty squabbles. So in his time frame, though Gideon freed his people, his name would have been mentioned with a mix of respect for his deeds, but also regret and perhaps a little bitterness at his legacy. Uh, and what I'm driving at is not to throw some dirt on this beloved Bible story or this character that we often look to for some inspiration, um, but to make clear something that I believe is important for us to remember now, by the blood and the power of the grace in Christ Jesus, we have been set free from the power of sin and death, the Bible tells us. We have an indwelling spirit man who is a helper and a comforter and, I believe, the bringer of peace. And in this way, it is Jesus who lifts the burdensome, cares off the shoulders of the careworn. But in doing so, he doesn't allow us to become careless, right? <laughs> Instead, he gives us that commission, go and do likewise. Go and sin no more, he says. Now, if the judges and the prophets and the kings of old were to be leaders and guiders and representatives of Christ on earth in their time, how much more are we who have him residing in us to be the same? And as Christians, I think we have to recognize, amongst ourselves at least, that even though we have this freedom, just as Gideon was filled with the Spirit in his time, we are no less capable of being poor stewards. <laughs> we have been made holy and blameless in his sight, but that doesn't seem to make us infallible, right? We make mistakes. We rub each other the wrong way now and again. We can be hypocritical, rude, selfish, right? So this morning, I'll hazard an odd statement and say, don't be like Gideon. Instead, let us emulate Christ. Let us bear with one another in intentional love, never taking our eyes off, the, off that author and perfecter of our faith. And if we stumble, it only means that we are getting used to these newborn legs, right? As we've been created anew, a new spirit. Today, let's lift each other up. Bless one another in that process that we're all going through. And unlike Gideon, Jesus will create in us a legacy of people who are unified, who are purified and powerful who have an impact on this world, and leave something that we will, rem will be remembered well, I think. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for what we go into this week, that we don't go into something that is um, uncertain, that is something that is scary, that is something that, is, um, that we cannot fight against out in that world. 
that you in us is more powerful than he that is in the world, that what we leave on this world will be something that has changed, that you are changing this world, that you are changing us, Jesus. And we just believe that, we go forward in that, and as we seed into that kingdom, we just ask that we would have in that our mindset set, knowing who you are and what you're going to do. So in your name, amen. 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 Thank you, Peter. Amen. Thank you for your blessing on those seeds of giving. We have just a few announcements here this morning. Uh, continue to remember in prayer, Daryl Krogsang and Phyllis, um, his wife as well. He's in Kellyer now in a nursing home there. Uh, and then Kendra Scaife also. Continued prayers for her. She was fighting some kind of a, a virus, and so she's in the hospital as well in the cities. And then, happy birthday to Pastor Dean today. Yes. <clears throat> Actually, we have, with the fellowship lunch that Adon and Marie are going to have, are preparing, we have a birthday cake that... Uh, Couple girls helped uh, helped with Grandma yesterday. Um, yesterday, Joy, for the first time, baked one of those huge cakes here. She wants to be a church baker, but her right hand man was uh, Penny Pomp. But she said she informed me she wants to be called Penelope Pomp. She says that's my real name. <laughs> So on the note that I made, she wanted to make sure I spelled it Penelope Pomp. <laughs> also, it's Ruth Anderson's, yeah, Ruth, Ruth Woodward Ruth's Anderson's birthday. birthday. And were you going to say anything about that? From 27 years ago, last night, Mom greeted me when she came in and reminded me he was in the Bemidji Hospital having emergency surgery while Dan and Chris were having their daughter Ruth born. And so the Lord brought in a new life and he preserved his life from destruction. I remember well, uh, Steve had been prepped for emergency surgery and the surgeon came out, you know, all how they are. And he looked at me and he says, Mrs. Pomp, it does not look good for your husband's life. And today when we were singing the songs about all the words, the word that we had been standing on for the word during those months when he was not feeling well was the last verse of Psalm 91. With long life, I will satisfy Steve and show him my salvation. And um, it's 27 years later. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Very thankful. And um, hallelujah. Just a few things here more for announcements. I think most of you know this, but we're receiving offerings for church house upkeep and finishing. And Joyce had actually found a couple of scriptures here. This was for that. Second uh, Chronicles 34, 18 through 17, amplified. But that whole section is really good. But uh, it's the king, example of King Josiah. And just a section that says, money was given by the people to repair and restore the house of the Lord. And that's what we're doing. And then also highway sign scripture uh, she found from the New Living Translation in Jeremiah. Set up road signs. Turn your thoughts and attention to the highway. You know, we're talking about going out into the highways and byways of life. And it really is that time, I believe, of great harvest of souls. And he's just and we'll be seeing that in the days and weeks ahead here. 
that focus, that emphasis of that reach out. But you know, that's one way that we can do it. With all the cars, the hundreds of cars that come past here every day to get that word to people that may not see it otherwise. You know, just get it out there to them. Invitations for events here, but also just getting the word out there. So for that, you know, just give your offerings like we normally do on an envelope and identify it for building fund and we'll go for that. Um, just a couple upcoming events. Next Sunday, Palm Sunday, we'll have a passion service led by our youth. And uh, we'll also be partaking in on, with the Lord's Supper next week. And then on Sunday, April 1, uh, which happens to be Dan's birthday, I know, and I think this might be the, f you were born on Easter, right? And this is maybe the first time since then that Easter is on Dan Woodward's birthday. <laughs> April Fool's end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. So, um, yeah, the service, we'll have an Easter breakfast. Dane is going to lead our guys, so if you can help Dane Johnson, uh, talk to him about that. And uh, then at 10.30, we'll have our, our Resurrection Day service. So, let's get in the Word here together, shall we? Get ready for some spiritual food. The message is Jesus, our Jubilee. Um, the year of Jubilee in the Scriptures represents the redemption and rest brought to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And a few weeks ago I mentioned that our church's roots go back to Shiloh Presbyterian Church. In fact, TCC grew directly out of those roots of that church. And uh, we looked at the name Shiloh because there is significance in names and we discovered that Shiloh means tranquility and peace and that Jesus was prophesied to be our coming Shiloh. And Jesus is our peace. He is our tranquility. Tranquility is to be calm, peaceful, quiet, and at rest. And so now we're going to continue to look at some things here along the line of our church's history, you might say, and how it flows forth. And we're going to look at the year of Jubilee because it's something pertinent to this year as it flows with our church's history because this is our 50th year. Ten Strike Community Church began in 1968, and uh, you subtract that from 2018, and that's 50 years, if my math was accurate, and I think it was. So what is Jubilee? What is that? And as I'm sharing about this, here's, this is important. As we look at this, we ask the Holy Spirit to apply it to our hearts, to your heart, to my heart, to our hearts. And uh, Lord, how does this specifically apply to me? So let's read about Jubilee in the book of Leviticus here. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years, seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the Day of Atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. Proclaim freedom. It will be a jubilee year for you when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. So the year Jubilee here is shown to be the 50th year after seven cycles of seven years, 49 years, and this is the 50th. So the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, is to be a time of restoration for God's people, a time of experiencing freedom from any kind of oppression, a time of rest from the labors of the flesh, a time of celebration and rejoicing. The Jubilee year is a year of redemption. Then in Leviticus 25, 
some verses there, there are details showing that the year of Jubilee involved a year of release from indebtedness. In other words, debt. In Leviticus 25, some verses there, we see it detailed, the year of Jubilee, a freedom from all types of bondage. Now remember, how does this apply to my life, to your life? But all prisoners and captives were set free. All, say all, of the slaves were released. Say it again. Debts were forgiven and property was returned to its original owner. In addition to this, most labor, or we could say labors of the flesh, were to cease. And those bound by a Impressive labor contracts were released from them. And one of the benefits of Jubilee was that, was that both the land and the people were, to, were able to rest. R-E-S-T, rest. I believe that the Holy Spirit will reveal things to us, even today, as individuals and as a church family, for your family, for the church family, where these aspects of the Jubilee year apply to us. The Jubilee is a type or a picture of the New Testament's message of salvation, redemption, forgiveness, and rest which come to us through and only through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus is our true Jubilee. Jesus is our Redeemer. Jesus is our Redeemer who came to set free those who are slaves and prisoners to sin. Jesus came to free those who are slaves and prisoners to fear. Like we're just singing about in the songs. Jesus came to release those who are prisoners to poverty. Did you hear that? Jesus came to set at liberty those who are bound by broken hearts. Do you believe that? Jesus came to heal prisoners of sickness and disease. Prisoners to sickness and disease. Jesus came to free those trapped in bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness because of broken relationships or past wounds and hurts, past betrayals. Jesus came to release you and me where we're enslaved by spiritual blindness or deception. We're deceived. We think something is right but it really is not. He came to set us free from that. Jesus came to loose all those who are under any kind of oppression of the devil. Hallelujah. Jesus came to be our jubilee, my jubilee, and yours. So let's read about this in Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. For he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, or habit, or manner was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place. He found this place where it was written. He found that place on purpose. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Do any of those fit any of us or you anywhere? To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and he sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue that day were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wesley's commentary on that verse says, The acceptable year, plainly alluding to the year of Jubilee, when all, both debtor and servants, were set free. So Jesus himself announced that he was anointed to free us from all, say all again, all of the enemy's bondages through his great redemptive sacrifice. And this is important. This is very important to know. No salvation comes to us from God except through the redemptive work of his son Jesus. That's how it comes. All aspects of salvation. But thank God for all that has been brought for us, bought for us, and then brought to us. He bought it for us, that salvation, you might say. He paid the price. And then he brought it to us through himself, through Jesus. And some examples of these, this salvation, they include salvation from sin, sickness, disease, salvation from demonic oppression, salvation from mental and emotional illness, salvation from poverty. Okay, let's look at Matthew 11. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. What did they hear? What did they see? The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Offended? What's that word, offended? Well, I, th I think that we can look at another scripture that will help us on that right here. 1 Peter 2, 6. For this is contained in scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Believing in him, I believe this is from Psalm 118, he will not be disappointed. See, Jesus would have us all receive that appointment of salvation. He has that appointment for us. This precious value then is for you, note, is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Here it is. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they are appointed. In other words, to not be offended by the word is to receive the word of God. 
No matter what it says, the Word of God is truth. And sometimes things seem impossible in the natural. We have circumstances in life that just seem totally impossible. But can you just receive it and trust in Him that His Word is truth and it's going to minister in my life to where I have been brokenhearted where I have experienced oppression of the devil, of the evil one. And I receive as I believe. We need to know what the Word of God says about all aspects of salvation, and we must then, listen, choose to believe God's Word. Now maybe it's concerning poverty. Maybe it's concerning sickness. Maybe it's concerning disease. Maybe it's concerning relationships. Whatever. We must choose to believe that God is powerful in working. And he has bought and paid for the price for all sin to be taken out and for his life to come into each situation for me right now in my life where I am at. Yes, on March 18, 2018, choose to believe God's word. If we do not hear the word and then choose to believe it, we will not be able to receive God's salvation for ourselves. But that's also showing the great need for us to be tellers of the salvation, like in our lives where God has ministered to us, to tell it. But then it's the responsibility of that person. We pray for them, but it's their responsibility to choose to believe it and to act on it. Because that's a part of choosing to believe and not be offended by the word and stumbling over it. But it's choosing to believe and then acting as though it's true. Acting as though it's true. Hallelujah. We must choose to believe God's word if we do not hear the word and then choose to believe it. We will not be able to receive God's great salvation for ourselves and we will stay bound by sin and all of its evil and binding effects. But thank God Jesus is our Jubilee who has brought this for us. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says, so faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. It's this message of Christ and the cross. Oh, we're so coming close to Good Friday. Next Sunday will be the passion service when we focus on Jesus' passion for us. Jesus did it for us. We thank you, Lord. We're so thankful. We are so thankful that we can live in victory in this life because of you. But if we don't know and then choose to believe the truth, we cannot be set free. But if we do, we can. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So, let's hear and know the truth and believe. Amen? Let's do it in this, our, the situations we find ourselves in in life. And the debt and condemnation of sin is all taken care of through Jesus Christ. Romans 8, so there is now how much? No, because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have, 
And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins and those co-workers of ours, those neighbors of ours, that need to hear it. Colossians 2 talks about this. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he gave, forgave how much? All our sins. He, now listen to this. He, Jesus, canceled the record of the charges against us. Hallelujah. And took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Praise God. The debt of sin that we owed to God was paid on the cross as Jesus died on our behalf. And we are now, say now, forgiven this debt forever. Hallelujah. So, we have freedom from bondages and we are to live in freedom. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we are no longer to live as though we're still in bondage. Hello? We are no longer to live like we're slaves to sin. And it's all of its corrupt and spoiled fruit. We who are now in Christ are no longer to live our lives as slaves to poverty or even to think that way. We are no longer to be slaves to sickness because Jesus bore our sicknesses and pains. And we should no longer live as slaves to fear. Amen. That includes worry and dread. We are no longer to live with broken hearts. For Jesus the Christ has paid the price for them to be bound up and healed. Did you hear that? Those that have had broken hearts. Jesus said he came to heal, bind up and heal the brokenhearted. So just cast yourself on him. Throw yourself on him. If you know someone with a broken heart, go tell them the good news that Jesus can heal your broken heart. Only Jesus. We must hear and receive the gospel to the poor. The good news, which is total supply. We're talking about financial supply here and provision for our needs so that in turn we can be channels of finances to others. We need to make sure there's not greed there because greed isn't good. Right? We can't have the greed. Our hearts need to be consumed with the love of God so that we can be channels of the finances that he gives to us to touch the lives of others. And we do not need to live in spiritual darkness and deception, for Christ has brought us light. The Lord now wants us to live in his liberty and his freedom. I got these words up there on the screen so you can get it in the ear gate and the eye gate. whatever ways we can, getting it in us. Hallelujah. We have been freed by Christ Jesus through his great redemptive work. It's been done. 
And now we're to stand in that, as it says in Galatians 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. The enemy can't be just that way. I remember something that Kenneth Hagin said. Someone asked him, well, can't you say anything good about the devil? And he says, well, he is a persistent cuss. <laughs> and that, that's the truth. There will always be something. There will always be the next thing where he tries to pull you down, tries to get you down. And for many, that's probably there today, something. Now, for some, it may be a huge thing, something that just seems so overwhelming and impossible. For others, it may be like the little foxes that try to spoil the grapes or just a real thorn, like a thorn in the flesh type thing or whatever, a just very irritating type thing. But what we're seeing here today is the Lord would have us to live in the victory that he has brought for us. And that comes as we know the truth, we have to know the truth. And that's one of the things here at TCC that we're desiring to do, but we don't just do it in here. You know, we listen to other teachings and preachings. Hopefully you're doing that every day. You know, we, we are so blessed on our iPhones or iPads or computers or whatever to get teaching, so much good teaching. And we're so thankful for that, and we need to do that. But then the, the idea is that we're channels of that too, teaching the Word. Oh, getting that Word out there. Getting it out there. And you know, the Lord's giving new ways for that to happen too in the days that, that lie ahead. It's like the walls of the church coming off so that the church is out there in the highways and byways in a new level, in a new place. In Jesus' name. How far do we get in that verse? Stand, let's go back to Galatians 5. Stand there, fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Put your name in there. And don't be entangled again with any kind of yoke of bondage. Any kinds of bondage. We're free in Christ. And we're walking in love. And as we walk in love, we're going to fulfill the law. Jesus fulfilled it for us. For you, brothers, have been, listen to this, you're called to liberty. I'm called to liberty. Say that. I'm called to liberty. Liberty and freedom from all bondages of the enemy. We're called to it, brothers and sisters. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So we now can take this opportunity of 10 Strike Community Church's Jubilee Year to appropriate and reconfirm these truths to be ours as individuals, as families, and as a church family. And we can labor to enter, we labor to enter the trusting rest that God provides for us, a rest, a Sabbath rest, all the time. We can, all the time, even the midst of our lives that are so busy, so busy, can be so busy, we can walk in the rest and live in that trusting rest. We can take this opportunity to stop laboring to make ourselves acceptable to God by our own works, by believing and acting as though God's word is true, we have the opportunity to receive the benefits of his saving work. 
Ten Strike Community Church, as a local church, as a church family, we desire to give ongoing attention and teaching toward who we are in Christ and what we are in Him, and then sharing it with the world around us. We continue to remember the vision and direction that God has given to us as a church. Our goals, focus, and vision, our slogan is every believer a minister of God's love. And our symbol is the lighthouse, a light to the nations. And then we have a mission statement, or we could call it God's positioning system, or GPS, connecting, say it with me, connecting people to God, connecting people to people, and connecting people to service. Connecting people to God, to people, and to service. There's an acrostic there, GPS. And GPS definition, GPS is short for Global Positioning System. And it's quickly becoming an integrative part of our society, we know. It's a worldwide radio navigation system formed from a constellation of 24 satellites and their ground stations. As we fo continue to focus on our TCC vision as a church family, we will be aligned in position for what God has planned for us in these days that are before us. We will be in the right places or positions at the right times as individuals and corporately as well. Do you see this? This, this is the truth. We'll be aligned with God's positioning system, God's GPS, and this system is not reliant on 24 satellites, but on the Spirit of God Himself who dwells within us as believers. We are His ground stations. That word integrative was used there for GPS. That's something that combines two or more things to form or create something, making something a part of another larger thing, making a person or a group part of a larger group or organization. And the Holy Spirit is aligning us as individuals, as individual parts of this church family with each other. As we yield ourselves to him, he sets us each in our places, in a very important place, a very important part. Each part is so important. And he's also aligning us with the larger body of Christ, with all who will yield to him. So, he's aligning us to flow in a great work of God in this hour, a great awakening, a great revival, a great harvest of souls, hallelujah. That is what is coming forth, brothers and sisters, in this day. Do you believe that? Let's stand together and pray as we close here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this, the working of your spirit. I thank you this morning. Well, first of all, that you will quicken to us those areas where we may be needing redemption, setting free, coming out from under bondage. We'll see it, and then we'll see the truth of your word that Jesus has come to make us free, to set us free. This morning is the morning this is the day. This is the day of deliverance. This is the acceptable day, as Jesus said. We are in that day of Jubilee. We are in Jesus. And now we live as those who are free. Say this after me. I am free. I stand strong in the liberty that Jesus 
bought for me and brought to me. I determine today I'm not going to live according to the flesh. According to what outward circumstances look like. I'm going to live according to the word. The truth of the word. Walking in freedom. Walking in liberty. And declaring liberty. To all the oppressed. To the sick. To the downtrodden. To the brokenhearted. To the blind. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. There's an army rising up. A glow with the Spirit of God. Going forth in this day. With the Spirit of God emanating from them, from us. Affecting the highways and the byways, affecting our families, affecting our workplace, affecting our church, affecting our schools, having great effect in our places that we occupy. And we do determine to occupy till you come, Lord Jesus. And we do determine to take authority over the works of the enemy, applying the blood of Jesus to the doorposts of our lives and our businesses and our families. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, prayer has great effect. And the Lord is... He's called me in this day to a new place, I guess you'd call it, of praying. And I say this because the Lord told me to say it, okay? Because he wants you to agree in prayer with me. But I am. I've said this before. I'll probably be saying it more often here. I'm praying for you each night. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding that, you know, I, I started out with smaller circles, but now it's, it's, it's getting larger, the circle. But be in agreement with me. I'm praying, you know, yeah, I've been, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I'm praying for sleep for you that night. Sweet sleep. Sweet sleep, uh, beloved sleep, uh, immune system restoring sleep. Um, I already said sweet. There's a few words there that are just apply there. Uh, strong sleep. <laughs> I mean, st straight through. Then when you wake up in the night, you know, it'll go back to sleep, sleep. If you don't, pray in the Spirit, okay? But then also for the day. It's not just at night I'm pr we're praying for you. It's through the day, too. Every hour, every hour, every hour, every hour, every hour, every hour. That's what we're praying. I actually go around the clock. I'm not rocking around the clock. I'm praying around the clock. And I say that, Lord, I'm going to pray around the clock now. And I start like 9 to 10. And then I pray in the Spirit. All the way around. But I'm saying it because I need you, you agree with me, you know, for your situation. But then you know what? You can expand your prayer. The Lord seems to be adding people to, to this. And it's like I'm in a place where I can get it. Or I, oh gosh, how do I say it? My, my circle of prayer is it's being able to be expanded, I guess you'd say. There's more people in there. You say, well, didn't you have faith for more before? I, don't, I guess not, or something. But I do now. It's expanding. And you know what? The Lord can do the same thing for you. Expand it out there. And you know what? It's got effect on people's lives. I had a call from Dr. Shirley Walker here a few weeks ago. And her daughter lives down in Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, I've been praying for the church family as one of the 
things, and that includes everybody that's attenders here. But you know, the Lord has expanded that to others beyond, you know, or that have moved on to other places. They live somewhere else even, maybe, or whatever. But then Shirley said, my daughter, is it Cassandra? What's her name in Phoenix? Cassandra? She heard about that because she, Shirley had, I had told Shirley this, or she heard it online, I guess. And, uh, or my mom probably told her or something, but she said, you know what? I told that to my daughter. And down in Phoenix, and she said, she started agreeing with you in prayer for her sleep. And she said, her sleep is different. She can sleep now. And that made me, hey, I can expand out there that next level. <laughs> Even to Shirley's daughter, who never has been an immediate part of this church family. But you see what we're saying? For that, the Lord has given me the circle of prayer to pray for. He's got one for you too. But with what I'm praying, the Lord told me to share it with you so you can join with me in praying for you too. So we pray for your sleep and then we start on the clock the next day. Praying in the Spirit is what I do because I don't know all the things that the Lord would have that you need prayer of the next day, but He does. And then it's the thing too. Calvin was just reminding me of this this morning. Applying the blood of Jesus. Always applying the blood like they did on the Passover to the top and the sides. Top, the blood up here and here and here. You know what that forms? The cross. Hallelujah. So God bless you all. There's the fellowship meal, birthday cake for Pastor Dean. And if you like ministry and prayer, you can come forward. There'll be those to minister with you here too. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Told you you're not